everybody. Welcome back to the Failing Awesomely podcast. I am so, so stinking excited for this week's episode because my girl, Rebecca, is joining me. And I just can't wait for y'all to hear her faith and her heart. We unofficially met through a Facebook group that, frankly, no one wants to end up being a member of. But we both are because one of the things we have in common is that we both got diagnosed with breast cancer this year. Honestly, like a lot of things I've shared with y'all, God has shown up and given me an abundance of blessings since being diagnosed, and Rebecca is one of them. Without further ado, welcome this sweet Southern gal from Alabama, Rebecca Mazden. Hi, girl. How are you? Hello, hello. I am so good and honored to be here. Oh, I am. I'm just so excited that you were willing to do this with me. I appreciate it so much because you have been such a light for me going through this. And yeah, I'm I just can't wait for people to to hear about you and get to know you a little bit before we dive in to your breast cancer journey. I, I wanted to ask you a little about your faith because Girl, you are salt and light. When I think of salt and light, you are definitely one of the people I think about. So what is your come to Jesus story, if you will? Meaning, you know, like when did you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? And what was what did that journey look like for you in making that decision? Yeah, well, um, first of all, thanks for the compliment. I don't know about salt and light. I that's how I see you, but um, My story is kind of funny. Like I never really had an aha come to Jesus moment. My whole life, I grew up in the Bible Belt in the South. And uh, I like to say my mom was a hopeless romantic. So she was married to, you know, multiple men. And um, they always typically we would end up from one denomination of church to another. And so I was always growing up in church and, um, you know, at a very young age, the thing to do was you know, to ask the Lord to come into your heart and to be baptized. And um, I never really remember like the moment, but what I did know is um, I've always had, ever since I can really remember, I've always had a relationship with God. And um, really in my crazy childhood and crazy adult life uh, of all the ups and downs, the only constant thing I ever had in my life was my relationship with Christ. So I've actually been um, baptized a few different times because each time we would go to a different denomination and join the church, that was the thing we would do. She would have (laughs) us get baptized. (laughs) You know, so it's kind of funny. Um, But but yeah, so so my whole life, you know, the only constant I've ever really had was God and um, I I was in and out of different homes and my aunt and uncle ended up adopting me. And so, you know, my faith was the one thing that never kind of faltered in my childhood. So it's just always been there. That's amazing. I I love hearing that. Um, Cause I, I mean, for most people that is so hard for your faith to be a constant. I know I'm speaking personally. I mean, I've, I've been a Christian since I was a little girl as well, but there've been many times that I have drifted from my faith and I've, I've never, I mean, once you have salvation, you don't lose it, but, and I've, I've always been a believer, but I've definitely drifted instead of going through hardships and only having my faith. So I think that's, that's such a, cool thing. I mean, not that you've gone through hardships, but that 
your faith has stayed constant. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, obviously I have, you know, which we all have hardships and we, you know, I think we all go through them in one way or another. Some may seem more intense than others, but um, I think, you know, my my dad, it's kind of interesting, the correlation between, you know, God being our our heavenly father and, and our daddy, you know, and and I, I am the staple girl for Daddy Issues 101. <laughs> um, but, you know, my, my parents, I mean, they had me when they were young. And, you know, as soon as I was born, it didn't really work out for them. And so my dad was out of the picture very early on. I mean, I never knew him, you know. And then very shortly after, I had different other men becoming that identity of father. And, and so for me, I think even if I didn't realize it back then, I, I see it clear now, I was always needing my father you know i always needed a father figure and i needed that daddy guidance that a father gives you and so that's where god came in for me because Mm. you know that's the only way i had guidance there were many days where i didn't know what to do and and um things were always changing in my life and i didn't know who is in charge or you know who was going to be around and but i always knew that my heavenly father was around and he was always who he said he was the bible never changed over time it was always still the same bible that i read from year to year to year so it was really the only structure in my life that i had other than school wow and that just goes to show how faithful he is mm-hmm. i mean when you need him not even when you think you don't right. he is right there and he is your father and that that's incredible um, and I didn't, I didn't know that much ab- about your story. Um, side note for everybody listening, we have only known each other for like two months. Yeah. <laughs> and so, sisters. yes, I feel like it's longer, but there's mm-hmm. so much about each other that we still don't know. And it's, it's so funny to me because I'm so eager to want to know so much about you because I feel so close to you going through what we're going through together. I mean, I don't think you can go through cancer and not feel a closeness with anybody else going through it. Yeah. Uh, It's a whole other level of intimacy. It's beautiful. Absolutely. But then, a you know, a sister in Christ on top of it, when I, the reason I reached out to you is because we are we were both a part of a breast cancer group on Facebook and I was thinking of leaving the group because I couldn't handle it it wasn't a Christian breast cancer group first off um and I I couldn't handle just all of the woe is me posts and the really um negative negative posts and all of the bad stuff about cancer. And then on top of that, which, and I don't, I I think it's amazing that she does this, but the admin always posts when someone has passed away Mm -hmm. from breast cancer and says like, so-and-so gained their wings and which is beautiful. And I think that's amazing. But being somebody newly diagnosed with breast cancer, seeing all of that was so hard. And then you had posted when all of your friends and family members came and did a social distancing prayer out in your backyard and you wrote this beautiful post and I don't remember everything that it said, but I was literally that day going to leave the group 
and I saw your post and I was like, oh, like, this is what I need. Like, I need to see this kind of stuff. And then I, you know, did my little stalking and I went to your to your <laughs> profile and then I watched your video that you had posted and I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to be friends with this girl. Like, this is this is who this is the kind of person that I need to, like, be around. Now, obviously, we can't physically be around each other. You're in Alabama. I'm in PA. And we're we have breast cancer during a pandemic. Yay for us. Right. Uh, um. But I I wanted to talk to you, you know, and just kind of have some camaraderie and fellowship through this journey together. And you were more than open arms and which is fantastic. But I would love to know the beginning of your journey with breast cancer, because I, I don't even think we've we've really talked about that much, how um, you found out and what kind of led up to you getting checked out and finding out that you had breast cancer and what that's been like for you. Yeah. So um, first of all, that I still get a little emotional when I think about that day that you and I first connected and, and, um, you know, God really let it on my heart to post that in that group chat for the same exact reason, because you and I, even though we didn't know it, at the same time, we were both feeling the same things um, coming from that group where, you know, having cancer, you already feel heavy. And so just to be reminded of all the tough stuff of it that we already know, you know, it gets overwhelming. And so to know that I was able to shed a little bit of light and now create, you know, that God led me to do that. And then now I have this relationship with you has just been the most beautiful thing. And, um, and to have all of those friends in my life show up in my backyard to pray over me was truly, um, to me, if, if I was ever wondering what God looked like, that would be the example. Uh, so being, you know, the hands and the feet and going straight to someone and praying over them, even though, you know, we had to distance and I mean, they just did it. So that was, it was just a beautiful full circle moment to me. Um, but so, so for my cancer journey, uh, it's kind of, kind of a weird one. I have super skinny, a uh, little old twig thing I am. And I have never had ever really any health issues. Not really. Um, I've always been pretty healthy. And uh, a few years ago, I married my husband. And then I started training for what they call NPC, which is just like a, a bodybuilding bikini competition type thing. And um, so I started taking lots of over-the-counter supplements that you get like GNC or whatever. So lots of vitamins and uh, pre-workouts, things like that. And um, worked out really, really hard and trained for about 20 weeks, 24 weeks for my first competition. Well, about midway, I um, my husband actually had noticed there was a little bitty, like small marble size, hard round knot it looked it literally looked like a little marble underneath the skin of my right mm -hmm. breast and um and so we wanted to get it looked at uh didn't have zero uh there's literally zero history in my family for breast cancer don't have any uh, i mean again i'm really small so i barely have breasts to have cancer inside them anyway so yeah. uh, you know it was very 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 unusual and i'm super healthy so um we went in, my, my husband is a doctor here, for those of you that are listening, and so um, he just referred me to one of his 
friends here and we, we started checking it out. We did obviously the ultrasounds and some exams and such and and really um, they had kind of chalked it out up to, uh, you know, it's, most likely it would be benign and it's probably just a little fibrocystic type deal that's very common and, you know, it, it was no big deal. Well, then I kept training and kept moving along and a few months later it continued to grow. Well, hmm. um, I was approaching my first competition and then my husband and I actually divorced. And so I had, we had already set in place right before we decided we were going to divorce. We had already set in motion my surgery. And so the doctor said due to it growing so quickly, she still didn't think it was cancerous or anything to really be concerned about, but she just feel better to get it out. Well, we had placed on my okay. surgery and then we, you know, things happen with my husband and I and, um, and so we chose to divorce and uh, after we chose that, then I was off of the insurance. I wasn't able to get the surgery. So, and um, so then we fast forward, I, I was gone. I was away from my husband for eight months. We were divorced for eight months and throughout that time it continued to grow and it continued to latch on. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was, you know, regrouping myself and trying to get a job and then get on insurance, you know, that takes 90 days. So, I mean, there was Absolutely, all these different yeah. things and, um, and all this time we've been told it really wasn't a big deal. It was just, yeah, you know, so you feedback. didn't really feel like it was, I'm sure you weren't feeling like this is, this has to happen right now. No, because we kept being told it most likely would be fine. Well, then we remarried last year, um, in the beginning of February. And, um, so then I'm back on the insurance and we immediately go in to the surgery. And so she, she goes ahead and she carries out a lumpectomy, which is where she just removes that part, that little, that, that little section of the tumor, the, yes. the cyst. And so she removes that lump and, um, then we biopsy it. We biopsy a few other sides, um, like where my lymph nodes are and such. And everything came back benign. Everything came back beautifully and it was no big deal. Well, about a month and a half, two months after my surgery, I just started having like just excruciating pain. I couldn't lay on my stomach. If my husband or anything got near my right breast, I would just immediately reflexes are coming up and I'm doing ninja moves. It was just so painful. And then um, basically I, that went on, you know, I just, uh, we, uh, every four months, for the past year since the surgery, every four months I would go in for ultrasounds or for MRIs trying to explain what I was feeling on the inside and everything would come back benign. Everything would come back that we don't see anything. And so it was just continuing to grow and just getting missed, unfortunately. Oh my gosh. So, so then this March, I was, the first week of March, I was out at the beach, my beach vacation with my girlfriends and I was in the shower and, uh, you know, I'm not a, an aggressive showerer by any means, but I was just in the shower doing normal shower things when all of a sudden my nipple split in half and, what? um, yeah. And, and blood started dripping and that was never, I was like, okay, we can't wait any longer. I mean, there is really something going on and they're just not catching it. And so, um, flew back that day. And then, the, uh, that was Saturday. I flew back went through Sunday and then Monday I was there to get an MRI and a second opinion. And, um, luckily that MRI was sent to a, a local larger hospital UAB here, which is in Birmingham. Um, for those of you that know Alabama and, uh, they were able to, to get all of that information and, 
And then the Kirkland Clinic is what we called our, our cancer deal there. Uh, once they got all of the images, they realized that the images and the notes weren't really matching and that there, in fact, was cancer and they needed to get me in immediately. So, you know, they we had, had already, before they got all of my imagery from my local hospital, we had already booked to have a um, an appointment on, I think, April the 9th. Well, this was, you know, basically the second week of March that we started in this. So they, so they got everything about the third week of March. They weren't waiting until April 9th. So they, they realized there was something way wrong. We couldn't wait. And so they had me immediately come. They called me the following Monday, had me drive down that Tuesday. We're in a pandemic, obviously, so no one can come with me. So I'm driving an hour and a half to go to this doctor. And it was supposed to just be biopsies and um you know, the, uh, what is it? The, um, gosh, uh, the M word, the more imaging, um, MRI, not, not the MRI, but for the breast, the, um, mammogram. mammogram. Yes. So I still hadn't had a mammogram yet. No one had done a mammogram on me yet. For real. So then I had, for real. So then I had my first sets of, of mammograms, MRIs, ultrasounds, and then the biopsies from UAB. Well, then she didn't even wait. Um, before I headed back on my way home, I thought that day was just going to be a data collecting day. She, the radiolog, uh, radiologist went ahead and sat me down and said, look, I want you to be more prepared because, you know, most likely this is a 90% shot that you for sure are going to have breast cancer. And, and I'm more concerned about the lymph nodes. And so what I see is, is not looking benign to me. There's a 10% chance that I could be wrong, but I just want you to get your head right before, you know, in a couple of days I call. And, um, and so then we talked about what that meant. And, you know, I heard, first of all, I heard breast cancer. Then I heard, <laughs> you know, chemotherapy as you did. And then I heard radio, you know, and so I'm like, wow, whoa. So then I have to drive back home because, you know, again, we have COVID right now. So driving home by myself and, um, you know, calling everybody I could so I wouldn't have to be by myself for an hour and a half and just figuring out that that might be what's going on. So then we fast forward, that was Wednesday. We fast forward to Saturday and I'm out with my friends and um, my husband and we're golfing and we get to the last hole and we get the call and she says, in fact, it is and it has spread. So that takes us to, to where we're at now. So ever since then, they've put me on a fast track to immediate surgery and then immediate chemotherapy. And so I, I just had my second chemotherapy this week. Yes. Oh my goodness. I can't imagine going through such a long, I mean, you've been fast tracked since March, but that is a long journey. Right. (laughs) I just, that blows my mind. I mean, as soon as you talked about sitting down with the radiologist, I've, I've been there and my, my heart sank into my stomach because I know exactly what that is. And, and I've, I heard the same words. Um, but for me, everything moved so quickly from that point. Yeah. Because you have scans, you have MRIs, you have, you know, they need to know if, if they think it could have possibly spread, they, they want to know, did it and where, and your scans were clear though too, right? 
My yes, 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 I yeah, and it so. only made it to my lymph nodes. Lymph nodes, yes, yeah, yeah. same with me. Yeah, um, right. and are you are do you have the same markers as me? Is yours uh, hormone like estrogen, progesterone positive? Yes, and then we're both her two negative, right? Her two negative, yeah, yes. yeah. And yep. you're two weeks ahead of me, yeah. <laughs> I am, yeah, and I was I was diagnosed on the. Come on, Linz. Um, the 10th of February. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah. But you are – I, I do want to say this on here. You are now halfway through your chemotherapy. Woohoo! As That's of right. Tuesday, last week. Yeah, and, and you'll be the same. You'll be halfway through tomorrow. I will be halfway through after my infusion tomorrow. So there is – light at the end of this like we're That's right. we're halfway through this um craziness because it it has not been easy and you've you've had a time with it and um I have slowly started to it's it's hit me a little harder each time um and that's where we lean on the lord but tell us how how god has really impacted your life most since finding out you've had breast cancer and through this journey? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm still figuring all that out too. I think, um, for me, you know, you and I kind of talked about this a little bit as we were gearing up to do this awesome Mm -hmm. podcast, but you know, I think my whole life I've always had this weird relationship with death. You know, I have always been a big, Frady cat of the dark. I've always been scared of scary movies and bad guys and dying. I I never really understood death or fear of it. You know, I just I was always so scared of it. And um and then as I got older, I I would have these weird thoughts of, well, I mean, I think I'm a believer. I I believe in God and I believe in heaven and you know I I think I'm doing okay and. Uh, but what if I don't make it, you know, what if I, what if I've been deceiving myself this whole time? And if I die, um, a, what if there's nothing out there? It's just darkness or B, what if I'm going to the pits of hell? (laughs) You know, I mean, I haven't been an angel. I am a human. And, um, you know, so I've always had these really weird thoughts and, and, uh, I I actually think that's somewhat normal. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you would think so, you know, I mean, you never know, but, um, Yeah, so I've always, I mean, I've really had a pretty intense fear of death. Um, always been a very careful person, extra careful. I don't want to jump into water. I don't really want to, you know, like I, because I'm not trying to drown to my death, you know. Yeah. So, so I was really kind of afraid of it. But, you know, ever since I've come back home to my husband, you know, I really felt like that was the kind of, you know, we talk about straying from God's path. And um, ever since I came back home, the Lord has made it very clear that I'm I'm in His will, and um, mm. and so when when I came back home, I started having these visions, and um, just a couple of them, and that's what I call them. I could be calling them in, inaccurately, but to me, they seem like visions. But um, and they're typically on Sundays, and and I have this dream, and it's like God is showing me something and commanding me to do something when I see that. And, um, and it's come to fruition immediately almost. And so, Hmm. so, so those have been really cool. And, 
to be their little confirmations of, again, I'm in his will. And then as, as the months were going out this past year, I started having these weird, um, happy dreams about me having cancer. It wasn't a sad dream. They were dreams of like these cheesy, you know, birthday parties and everyone was like, congratulations, you know, you have cancer. We're so happy for you. And I'm just like so honored that I was chosen to have it. And um, I never shared that with anybody. But, um, you know, I don't know, A, I didn't want to speak it in emotion. And, and B, I mean, what if what if that wasn't part of the vision? Maybe that's just a silly dream because I've also had weird dreams from Games of Thrones, you know, so you never know. I mean, a dream's <laughs> a dream. So so I don't want to speak it, you know, and it not be true. And, yes. and, um, and so then, you know, we fast forward and I get cancer. And um, I don't have, I mean, something just clicked for me. And, and I know that I'm in God's will still. So just as if I, I was in God's will coming home and, and the Lord has completely blessed my marriage and just restored just the most beautiful love and has given mm-hmm. us so many beautiful testimonies together to help others for the throne of God. That's what cancer is for me too. So as soon as it all clicked and I, I just kind of felt like I was just once they told me officially that I have cancer, it felt like I was sitting and getting into a car and all of that was, was them, you know, putting in the seatbelt and just buckling me in for my next platform of ministry. That's what it felt like. So I, it wasn't that shocking for me. And so I, for my faith, it just felt like, okay, this is that next platform. This is how he's going to continue to use me. And you know, we've talked a little bit about my childhood. I've always been an objective kind of person in my relationships. You know, I don't have any real children of my own. I've got two awesome stepkids, but they're closer to my age than, you know, and they're little. So I, I, I always wondered, you know, if God had, had ever planned for me to be a bit of a missionary type person, because I've always been objective. You know, I've always been moving around. I've always kind of felt like an outsider of, of, of things in a sense. And and so, you know, when this came, I, I really had to look at death and life in a whole new light. And now, you know, I see if God takes me with this, that's okay, because I know for sure now where I'm going. I'm not afraid of it. And I just pray that I don't squander the time I'm here. You know, I this past week, like you said, it was really hard on me during chemo. There was a moment where I, my heart kind of just took a break and I stopped breathing for a minute. And you know, I literally remember laying there with peace. And as a little bit of the tears fell down my face, I thought, all right, Lord, if this is it, that's okay. Thank you. Thank you for what I've had. And, you know, this morning at church, we, um, we talked about the song, it is well, it is well with my soul. And, you know, yeah. And, and, you know, as you know, cause you're going through this, we have to continue to get back to that spot. Because it is well, even though we feel like we're walking science experiments, like we like to say, you know, or, or our hair's falling out and we can't barely walk or, you know, you can barely pick up your kids. I, I can't get myself to back and forth from the toilet to throw up. You know, it's still well in our soul because this is only what it's really taught me the most, I think, is this is just our earthly circumstances. We're not living for today and for the earth. We're living for eternity. So if this is what God's got to do to, you know, in order to do his will in a bigger way for others, then 
I'm honored that we were able to help. I'm amazed by you. I love you. <laughs> I'm like tearing up just hearing you speak those words. Um, that is um, what what a bond, what a what a great uh, relationship that you have with the Lord. Um, because that you're absolutely right, and um, who. <laughs> I'm I'm like lost for words. You amaze me and I love you. And um oh, thank you. you. Thank you so much for sh- for sharing that. Um and I I do agree. I think that through this journey, I think what God has shown me most is this is my will and this is m- my my path. This is what I'm, I'm going to turn your circumstance and make it good no matter what. And I will use you to be a a light for others to what I can do through suffering because he never promised that we wouldn't suffer. Just because we have the love of the father does not mean we don't suffer here on earth. We live in a fallen world. It is broken. I mean, Gosh, if this weekend hasn't um, shown that enough um, and and through the pandemic, too. I mean, we just we live in such a broken world, but he can turn all things for good. And I fully believe that he will do that with both of us through our cancer journey and what we're going through. And I I fully believe that there is more for us. I fully believe that he is and will use us to help other people to understand his love a little bit more because I think that's ultimately what we need to understand is why, you know, he sent his son to die for us so that we can be with him forever. And if we have to have cancer to <laughs> show just one person that, then that's enough. Amen. That's beautiful. You know, what you just said, um, it reminds me of Philippians 4-7. Um, let me, yeah. Uh, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So like you just said, you know, the peace of God is going to surpass our worldly understanding because we don't understand why we have to have cancer. All we really get is we're, we're ready for the challenge and we understand that he's going to use it for his good. Mm -hmm. But, um, but that's where, like you said, us going back to God, understanding that he's in control, his peace is going to surpass anything that we go through here. Cause he said, we, we have to, while we're on earth, we have to go through tribulation and trials. We absolutely will. He didn't promise us a, you know, a get out of jail free card. Yeah. Um, but he did, he did promise us our salvation if we believe. And, and so, wow, how cool it's going to be when we're all up there flapping our little angel wings and singing praises. That's going to be great. It's going to be a great party. Great party. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be singing. We'll be singing our Lindsay, Lindsay songs and flapping our wings. (laughs) 
We'll see about that. I don't know if God approves some of my music, but I will I will sing his songs. Yeah, you'll have great songs in Loudly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so one of our last conversations, I think you were actually in the chair getting your infusion when we talked about this. Um, you brought up the Enneagram. Yeah. And this is something that I have dabbled in enough to know what my number is, but Honestly, other than that, haven't dived too much into it. But you and I, I think we established when we talked, we're both twos, right? Yes, we are both twos, which for you listening that has no idea what the Enneagram is, that means we are the helper. That's what I thought, the helper. Yes. So what you had brought, and I don't know if you remember what you said, but I mm-hmm. I know that I was telling you how I was kind of having a, t- a tough day, a tough time with everything, which happens. It can, it, some days it happens at least once a day um, where you just have your moments. Um, and I don't, do you remember how, you, how and, and what you said that brought up the Enneagram? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't, I was trying to remember that myself and I can't remember exactly how we got on it, but um my so so the enneagram for those of you that haven't heard it it's kind of a psychological um typology is what they call it a typology system that describes the human personality so it correlates your personality type with a number so they have a a, a nine point system and um for those of you listening i am not a psychologist or or any of that i'm i'm not uh i don't know a certified teacher of the Enneagram, but my church started looking into it and researching what our numbers were and how that pertained to the Bible and, you know, and just being with other humans, how you can kind of figure out what your number is and um, your type of your personality and how that correlates with others. And so we started doing that with our Bible study. And then I've just become a really big fan of it. Um, it's, been very helpful for me in a lot of my relationships, my marriage and my friendships. So once you figure out your number and you figure out other people's numbers around you, it's really easy for you to adapt with them when they're going through their highs and lows. So um, I, I can't remember exactly what we were talking about, but uh, I don't either. So for the twos, so so for Lindsay and I, um, so that you have a couple different versions of twos. You've got twos that um are a bit more vocal with what they need. And you have twos that kind of hold it more into themselves, but they still have the same expectations. So for, for twos, typically we are generous and very outwardly people-pleasing people. We have a big, strong desire to be loved, approved, and sometimes we'll deny our own needs in order to make other people happy because we don't want them to leave us in the long run. And we put way, 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 way big amounts of energy into all of our relationships. And sometimes it's interpreted as kind of neediness or clinginess, um, but we're very genuine, typically good listeners, and we'll, you know, again, we'll overlook our own needs to please other people. And so I think what was going on is, you know, you're maybe one of those days where us women feel spread thin and, and you know, you're, you're giving your all and then you just, you, you aren't getting those tanks filled up that you need. 
as a yes, two. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I think I said, are you a two? Have you ever heard of the Enneagram? Because you sound That's like a, me. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah. So I, we'll have to do a, a whole podcast on it because there's a lot of I really know. cool stuff. I definitely encourage anybody listening, if you have not taken the Enneagram um, test, you need to, it, it will just, it's just a little quiz about yourself. And again, this is backed by a, a very, very cool organization. I mean, this is some stuff that's been going on, I, gosh, for many, many years, maybe the seventies, I guess, I don't know, maybe before. And, um, once you learn your, your type, you can really go in and, and, um, there's so many studies about each number and there's so many Bible studies on it and messages. I mean, it's just really, really cool. That's what but, uh, I would love to know more about. Yeah. What, like, what, is there a specific Bible study, like a book Bible study that you know of? Um, there's quite a few actually. I mean, all you have to do, so Enneagram. For I'm those so new at this. So I yeah, don't... yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so for those that are listening, Enneagram is spelled E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. And um, if you just go on Google and you type in, you know, Enneagram uh, Bible study, I'll do it right now while we're on, um, you immediately get different books okay. that pop up. So, so there's one that's called You Are the Beloved, um, The Pathway Between Us, an Enneagram study, the Enneagram in you. I mean, there's plenty in his image, a study on the Enneagram in the Bible, the Enneagram Type 2, <laughs> one just <Wow>. for us, <laughs> Enneagram in love and how to study the Enneagram with your, your spouse. You know, I mean, there's, gosh, great, 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 great reading. So uh, I would love, maybe we could do like a Bible about, or, or a book a book group, maybe one podcast, yes. and let's all read a, a book about it and talk about it. That's cool. That would be amazing. No, I would love that because I'm so interested. I just haven't invested the time in really knowing much about it or much about my type other than doing the test. And then I did another test that was a little bit more extensive where I found out my wing, which again, I don't want to get too into and confuse people who don't know what I'm talking about, but um, but yeah, I, I just kind of that, that's all the further I got. So I was, I'm, I'm really interested in getting like a Enneagram Bible study kind of book to see a little bit more into what the Bible says about me, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Me um, too. It's awesome. Cool. Well, awesome. Rebecca, you are amazing. You're incredible. Aww. I am so grateful for you. I am so grateful that my listeners, my friends, got to get to know you a little bit today. And thank you so much for being in my life, going through this journey with me, and being on the show. I really appreciate mm -hmm. it. Thank you so much for let me come and spend some time with you. This is my first podcast officially. And um, <laughs> uh, good at it. I, I, I don't know about that. Um, but I'm, I'm just so honored to know you. And I'm, I'm thankful that God has gifted me with you. And I pray that we will continue to do more and more things for his kingdom. Very cool. Absolutely. I think we will. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks again, Rebecca. And tune in next week where my topic is how do you love people? Thanks, guys.